Hello, and welcome back to Cottonmouth Manchester, the podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford, and to our series, Life in a Time of Coronavirus. Again, apologies for the audio, though our friends at Blueprint Studio in sunny Salford will be doing their best. And your usual reminder that events are moving so fast that this might already be out of date when it's published. Today, I'm talking to CityCo's own Gareth Worthington, our nighttime economy officer and the unofficial mayor of Ancoats. Gareth is a long, has a long-term background in the nighttime economy and joined us last year to work on our connections with the sector. Thanks for joining us, Gareth. Let's Welcome. start with uh, a little bit of an overview of what's been happening the last, I guess, 10 days, the last two weekends. Um, what's been happening in the nighttime economy? All right. Well, the past few weeks have been hard, as we all know. Um, obviously, people started... Uh, obviously starting to actually take the coronavirus seriously uh, about two, two, three weeks ago. Um, obviously, then Boris Johnson uh, came out, and but that didn't really affect the bars too much. Then all of a sudden, Boris Johnson came out and announced that people should avoid bars and clubs, but didn't officially tell them to close, which meant that footfall within the industry dropped quite dramatically, quite quickly from like, kind of a steady decline to all of a sudden down to, you know, up to 85% in some places. Um, uh, most averaging on the first weekend kind of averaged uh, about 60% drop off, uh, some not so much, some, some were about 10%, but then all of a sudden as the week carried on, the percentages went, it just got worse and worse and worse for footfall. Uh, bars then started properly panicking, um, trying to think of ideas of what to do. Um, how they can run the how, how they can run the industry with no customers but still having to pay their staff. Uh, then it, there's a lot of panic, obviously, about what to pay the staff and how many staff they can actually keep on because staff is always your biggest cost in the nighttime economy. You know, it's always your biggest um, well, your, your biggest bill really, uh, apart from business rates. <laughs> uh, but your, your staff is always your kind of your biggest payroll, basically. So uh, it's kind of but all of them obviously don't want to, especially the more independents, didn't want to get rid of the staff. Um, uh, some of the big chains, you know, the, the, they were okay, but your, your, your independents, especially around kind of areas like the gay village where there is uh, pr- predominantly all independents apart from like two, um, all of them, they want to keep their, they want to keep all their staff on board and it's just trying to find things for them to do. And, you know, I know, um, John Hamilton at Bar Pop went and you know spent an absolute fortune on balloons for Paddy's Day on the Monday just to try and get people in. You know he lost money on that day, but he was just trying anything he could really. So is that to, to sum up the week, it's been blind panic. I think it's been. <laughs> um, thankfully today, the cool heads will prevail, which I'm sure we'll go on to in a bit. Yeah, and then we had the actual announcement that uh, there was going to be some business support because that was really the problem, wasn't it? You, mm. They were caught with being told. Uh, would prefer that people didn't go to you, but then there was actually no support, so they were forced to stay open in, a, in, in terms of earning any money at all. And then you have the announcement of the support, and now I know we don't have the details of that. Um, well, we have the details, but we, we don't have the final, how are we going to apply for this and how are people going to get it through? Uh, the bureaucracy, I think. Um, so has that calmed things a little bit? Yeah, so obviously the first, and uh, I mean, the Chancellor has 
to be fair, done a quite a good job. I mean, the, the first announcements... Uh, I was grudging as a Labour activist, mate. That was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first, obviously, announcement that he did was uh, was very good for businesses under the £51,000 business rates mark. Um, however, within our city centre, that does not apply to many. Uh, even some of the bars in the Northern Quarter are on, like, 52, 53. Um, you know, some of the smaller outlying areas like Ancoats, brilliant. They were all like, yay. But once you got into the city centre, um, you know, a lot of the Northern Quarter were like, well, that's us kind of screwed. Um, obviously, I mean, with this, you get £25,000 uh, uh, grant um, when it's not a good. So if you are, if that's if you are under 51000 if you are over 51000 um you can apply for a loan. Uh, however, that loan is only 80% guaranteed by the government, which in turn means that the businesses will, one, have to straddle more debt and two, have to put their houses on the line for another loan, which uh, not all of them are very happy to do. Um, the ones that are under the 51, the lucky ones that were under the 51, uh, obviously they can start applying when and if the links go live. Um for a grant of up to £25,000. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's the, the, there was a lot of, kind of, a little bit of relief, but there was more about how we're going to pay our staff. Uh, that's not going to cover it. I can't get more loans. I can't get into more debts. I'm just going to have to close. Um, sorry, Lucy Powell's constantly messaging me. That was the first wave of help, wasn't it? And then That's the, the second wave that have helped that came through with some definite help for employees at that point mm. and the, the rate relief uh, for all businesses rather than just the smaller businesses. Mm. I mean, the, the rate relief was massive. Um, I, I collectively, I mean, where I live in the city centre, uh, I had my doors actually open on my balcony and I heard a collective breath of air come out of all the, um, all the bar owners on that day. Um, so I mean, with so that basically gives them all uh, rate relief. So that saves them an absolute fortune that way. Um, however, what it does um, is it, the, there's also the VAT as well. Uh, saying there's a VAT holiday, which was wonderful. Um, so that's kind of uh, relaxed quite a lot of them even more. And then more importantly, is the staff costs. Uh, so the staff costs uh, covering up to 80% of their wages is massive. Obviously, it is. it only covers the people actually employed in the venues. Uh, there are a lot of other people that work in the venues that are not covered. Uh, your sound technicians, your DJs, your artists, your entertainment, uh, all these kind of let's, stuff. Let's just get um, onto that on. Let's get onto yeah. that in a sec, if you don't mind. Um, let's, just, yeah. let's just run through where that package is. So at the moment, we've got um, employees who are going to be what's called furloughed, according to the original thing, yep. so that they're no longer going to have work to do. In order to keep them on the books, you're going to be able to claim back up to 80% of their earnings, up to a max of two and a half grand a month. Yep. Yep. And business rates, if you're in the leisure business, um, you basically have a business rate holiday for the next 12 months. Uh, yep. And effectively, as we understand it from councils, you're just not going to get a bill sent out. That's going to just be done automatically. And if a bill has gone out, you're going to get a credit on it. Um, yeah. And I believe that the Manchester City Council have basically said they won't. They also won't take a direct debit in April. So 
even for those businesses that aren't covered by that, which I know is in the nighttime economy, um, they won't be won't be taking anything in April. And then the VAT deferment, I think probably in terms of cash, because that was when everything was panic, everybody was panicking about, was the potential of huge cash uh, amounts having to go out to pay VAT. But that can now be deferred um, certainly till after July and can be paid any time before the end of the financial year. So is there anything anything major that I'm missing there? There's the loan still in existence, of course. Um, also, there's the uh, additional relief for businesses uh, that are in receipt of the small business rates. Yeah. Uh, that's between 12000 and 15000 um, This is a result of the payment. Uh, as a result of this, there'll be a payment of up to £10,000 per business, subject to government guidance and funding, uh, and it's currently expected to be paid in early April. Um, that's literally just come out on the Manchester City Council website. Um, and 100% retail reef has been extended to all retail and hospitality and leisure properties, such as museums, theatres and gyms, uh, for the whole of 2021. Additional relief for pubs, uh, the £5,000. However, as pubs are now specifically included in the 100% retail relief outlined above, um, this relief no longer applies. Um, so I know quite a few of them were quite excited at the prospect uh, that they might be able to get a, a £5,000 grant quite quickly off Manchester City Council um, that is looking like it might not happen now because it's going to go into rate relief instead um, additional relief uh, for various other things as well um, cool. so the, I think the home for all of that stuff is I think the, there's quite a lot of clarity on the gov.uk site around coronavirus mm, and health yeah. businesses that actually is surprisingly for a government website mm. it's really quite clear what we're now waiting for and, and indeed there's more advice on the Manchester City Council site what we're now waiting for is actually the links for how this is all going to be worked we believe the employees stuff is all going to be through HMRC possibly some reversal of the PAYE system or, or something along those lines yeah, having spoken to somebody at HMRC, uh, the way it looks like they're looking at going down the route of, because obviously when it was announced, there was a, a very quick flurry as to, especially within HMRC, over how they're, how they're going to pull this together and how it can work, because there's a lot of red tape that they're going to have to cut through and second people onto. Um, so the way it looks like it'll work is basically the, the bars will pay them, will pay the, pay the staff, and then the bars will claim that wage back from the government right um rather than getting the bar staff themselves to con uh, to contact hmrc because obviously having <laughs> however many two million people however many there is in the uh, hospitality sector contacting hmrc will crash the system yeah. so and, and obviously it's the business it's the business that's registered with hmrc rather than the individuals as mm. the, the thing that we're yeah. actually Sorry. waiting for and discussing that this morning was whether if you're getting 80 percent of the wage paid you as a business are still paying the entirety of PAYE and national insurance and so on, as if it was a full mm. wage, or whether you're going to pay it on only 20% of the wage. Mm. That is a way for, obviously, HMRC to then be clawing an awful lot of back. And it seems a bit pointless to have that circle going around. Uh, but those are the, the details that we've got to then uh, work out, I think, as, as we move on. Um, going back to, I mean, within the nighttime economy, within a lot of other economies, as you were talking about, a significant proportion of people working within it are self-employed, and that's still the big gap in the government help, isn't it? So are you hearing yes. from people what they're trying to do at the moment if they're self-employed? 
I've spoken to our MP um, and she's expecting within the next 24 hours there will be a package uh, being uh, announced uh, regarding uh, the self-employed. Obviously, within our, within the hospitality sector in the city, it does cover a lot of people. Um, uh, from, sound, like I say, sound technicians, DJs uh, and various others. Um, so it's more a case of waiting to see. I mean, we are expecting more packages from all of them uh, for, for regarding everything, really. I mean, when he came out and spoke, um, he said as much... I mean, there's... It's, it's a hell. It's very complicated, you know, the amount of money and the amount of packages and the amount of things that are coming out that need to cover everything. And the problem is, obviously, the Chancellor's only got this small window that he has to relay it all. So now, as like businesses like ourselves, we need to be getting that information out to the businesses to explain how and what to do, really, because uh, that's the one thing that is quite confusing because on the Manchester City Council website for example um, all it gives you is an email address of what to say so it's a case of uh, you know who to email and that's it it doesn't actually tell you what to do so yeah. I think this is the more worrying thing and that's for the self-employed as well um, I know a couple of venues in the city that have actually put some of the self-employed people on their books um, so they can at least try and get something yeah yeah but one of the main issues that we're currently getting is it's actually quicker to get your statutory sick pay um which obviously the venues can claim back so what you're finding is in quite a lot of the venues um bar staff have kind of cottoned on that they'll get paid a lot quicker if they go off on the sick um and it has been announced that you do not need a, a doctor's note in order to get uh, for uh, coronavirus for to get statutory sick pay so you're finding quite a lot of staff uh, venues that were trying to keep going with takeaways and stuff are all of a sudden losing staff like flies. Yeah. Which is the which is the other end, isn't it? Even if they can afford to keep going, if your staff start self-isolating and they start going off on sick or whatever, yeah. um, particularly while now the students are pretty well gone, uh, finding that staff to, to, to staff your establishment is really hard. Oh. Um, so we're still waiting for the details and it'll be interesting to see if the IT systems actually hold up when the details come through. Oh. Um, but what we're actually seeing, walking around the city centre this morning, and, and this is Monday the 23rd, uh, the vast majority of retailers are closing today. All the NT businesses have closed, except for the ones that are continuing to operate as, as takeaways or, or mm. facility servers. Um, what are the issues that are going to affect the, the sector now um, over the next two, three months when they're probably going to have their properties, their businesses effectively shuttered during that period? Mm -hmm. Uh, there are various things. Obviously, one um, first and foremost is obviously cash flow. Uh, you've still got to pay your staff. Um, quite a lot of the, I mean, some of the bigger chains will be fine, but some of the more independents do tend to live hand to mouth, <laughs> um, you know, and live by the day almost, which is not a way to run a business. But unfortunately, sometimes that's the way it has to go. Um, so, I mean, mainly it's going to be cash flow. They're going to have to keep paying the staff. I mean, you know, it's whether they try and ask the staff to not take any wages, which would be a PR disaster. And uh, so there's various things like that. Um, obviously, the big thing is rent as well, um, over whether it will be announced that rent for the businesses will be allowed, uh, stopped or even capped. Uh, I know some of the businesses within the Ancoats area 
um, have had their rent. It was originally in the first, like after the first announcement, went down to fifty percent, and now they're looking at a full hundred percent stop on it. So that's if you've got a nice landlord, but there's also not so pleasant landlords in the city that that won't mean anything to really. Um, so that's quite a big worry for quite a lot of them. Um, bills and things like that, they'll just they'll, they can handle. Uh, but mainly, thing is cash flow, uh, and then after that, it's about protecting their actual unit um, and un- uh, protecting their actual the venue itself. You know, there's going to be the problem is when you have less people out on the street, that the, the naughtier people uh, tend to arrive. Um, so I know some venues are talking about boarding themselves up, which again leads to other issues with regards to covering up your CCTV cameras, uh, making it very dark in the property so CCTV won't actually work as well because uh, a lot of CCTV uses light in order to be able to see, um, even if you're tracking it from home. Um, we already have seen a couple of burglaries so far in the city, uh, but uh, we're hoping GMP... Uh, are going to be doing what they can to try and stop that as much as they can. But the problem is when you have lots of dark, very quiet, empty streets. I mean, I've seen a, a video of the of Canal Street uh, on Saturday evening at 10pm and there was not a soul on it. Uh, now, obviously, on Canal Street, you have a lot of glass doors, um, most of which could just be popped open, but there isn't that many residents. In other areas of the city, like um, around Seoul, Kind of around the northern quarter, you do have quite a few residents. Um, Peter Street, you do, but they're all kind of off off to the sides rather than above the venues, which is a problem. So you're going to have like quite large areas where you've got a lot of properties all together, all just closed. Uh, and if an alarm goes off, who's who's there to hear it? So that's quite a big panic. I know a lot of the venues are in there today. Uh, just trying to work out what they can do. Uh, one venue on Peter Street, one quite large venue, actually went out and uh, the general manager's bought out his own money, a load of big chains and um, padlocks just to just to try and <laughs> lock the place down. Uh, there's also the thing about if you take the cash and the spirits off site, are they insured? Uh, that's another thing that quite a lot of them are contacting insurers about. Like, can we take the cash off site? Because once that cash leaves the site, technically you're not covered that's why they always advise you to get the cash collected by those that still take cash they're collected by like show set uh, security tech or someone like that um so that's another big kind of panic but for most of them it's about you know the, these these people in this sector you know some of them are very very intelligent people but they've spent their lives you know designing cocktails and marketing and all these amazing skills that they've got you know, and the, the kind of office stuff, because it's always been kind of 80% on the shop floor, the office side of things has always kind of took that big bit of a back burner. It's like, oh, just send the payroll through to these people or whatever, especially with the independents. Um, so all of a sudden, you're going to see quite a lot of people that are going to be going, what do I do? <laughs> what do I, you know? Well, thankfully, with the measures that have been put in place, we've seen kind of cooler heads kind of prevailing today, kind of more taking stock. I think it's because for the first time ever, they spent the weekend sober. Um, so it's been quite good. They've been able to oh, actually sit no down else. and plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they've been able to sit there and plan over the weekend and actually relax and take stock of the business. Cool. So, I mean, the two, things that, the two things that we're working on, 
a city girl in effect of that one of one of those is the GMP obviously over business reassurance um, there are more cops actually out on the street simply because there are fewer people about so there's there's, there's few stuff few things happening at the moment uh, and they're changing where they're patrolling and various other things but the other thing is obviously as the practical advice comes through of how claims can be made uh, we'll be making sure that that's uh, put into un as understandable a format as it can be and then uh, presumably you're going to be continuing to be in contact with time economy businesses uh, all around the clock as we have been over the last 10 days yeah yes my phone well i i took today off and my phone has not stopped today and i actually ended up going down and visiting two premises um so but uh i mean most of them is they, they're kind of just waiting till five o'clock each day now just to hear what the next things that said we, we're quite happy now because the problem is after in the first couple of weeks, nobody could make a plan as to what to do. Whereas now, once Boris Johnson said, we are going to close the pubs and clubs, now they can start planning for the future. And it's about sitting down, taking stock and going, right, how much money have we actually got in the bank? How long can we keep this going for? What can we do with this? You know, what we're going to do with our stock? Um, you know, so we've, we've been liaising, through Citigo, we've been liaising with uh, Coffee for Greg and uh, Mustard Tree and Bernardo um, about Bernardo uh, to get, uh, you know, all the extra food waste that they've got and extra barrelage. You know, I, I noticed that some of the bars um, were just like having to just stand there and pour jugs of beer and throw it away because you can't leave it in your lines it'll rot the lines so it's there's a lot of wastage that needs to be kind of looked after um obviously then you need to deal and talk to who you buy the kegs off because people like carlsberg um are being quite good uh and allowing people to write that off uh and be able to send the barrels back uh but some of your smaller breweries and stuff like that you know especially the independents might not be able to afford to do that um and take the barrels back off you, so you've kind of just lost, you know, 100 and, 120 quid for a, an, an 11, uh, size 11 barrel, which uh, which is about 88 pints. So that's um, all that just gone, basically. So that's a lot of wastes that needs to be written off, which would have helped the VAT bill, but uh, not so much anymore. Um, when it comes down to CETICO, then, for you, what's the next couple of days? Just keeping in touch, waiting for the government instructions to come through? Um, yeah, so uh, mainly contacting the businesses. Um, I want to find out, uh, reassuring them from GMP is kind of the four first on most of their minds that seems to have been through today. So there's been two things that I've mainly had phone calls about regarding, and it's been about what GMP are going to do and how their businesses can be kept safe. Um, and the other one is the insurance, but with insurance, uh, I'm guessing we're going to get in solicitors popping up here, there and everywhere. They're going to be jumping on the bandwagon in order to help venues get their insurance because, uh, you know, even for some of the smallest properties, business interruption will still be like 50,000. So uh, there's, uh, there'll be money to be made somewhere. Um, but yeah, so over the next few days, it's kind of reassuring the businesses, uh, finding out who is still wanting to trade uh doing takeaways obviously through take the takeaways uh, you had a lot of panicked heads that uh set them up straight away and then all of a sudden realized there is actually quite a large cost 
if you're not already prepped to do takeaway or delivery, uh, packaging, staff, everything costs money. Uh, just opening your doors, even if you're not allowing people in, costs money because you've got the electric, you've got staff, you've got everything. Um, so you have a lot. You had a lot of them that kind of opened with a flurry, and then all of a sudden this weekend have just gone no. <laughs> this is stupid. Uh, I know a certain pizzeria, um, a certain very popular pizzeria in this city, uh, took about two to three hundred pounds um, on uh, fr- Saturday, um, and it's like that wouldn't even cover the chefs. So without the drink, it's uh, quite difficult. You have some other properties, other venues that are looking at trying to turn themselves into quite literally a takeaway um, cash and carry for beer, just to try and get rid of the stock that way. Um, as far as licensing concerns, as long as they've got an off license and it's not drank on the street, uh, there shouldn't be a problem with that. Uh, but most majority of the venues I've spoke to seem to be under the opinion that we are going to be on lockdown, full lockdown, in which case most of them will probably have to close soon. And then it's just about kind of speaking to them, finding out what they're doing with regards to their crime and safety um, and getting the word out from ourselves, from GMP, from Manchester City Council and, of course, from our MP, um, all the various things that kind of that all the venues have got questions for. <laughs> So quite a lot of stuff, really. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, surprising, considering that most of the venues are actually closed. Um, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> we, we will talk again when we have more detail that we can actually talk about. Uh, but thank you for... Everything. Yes, once we know. It's quite a lot of speculation at this moment in time, but uh, once we know from... HMRC is the big one over how they're going to run it. Obviously, Universal Credit took so long to set up, and there were so many teething problems. We can't the venues can't afford to have these teething problems or take so long to sell. They need to start paying the staff. They're having to pay it now, you know, and if you've got, you know, 60, 60 staff in your venue or 30 staff, even that's a lot of money to be yeah, yeah. laid out. They need to, uh, need to work out the fastest way to get these venues, some cash basically. And as soon as we find anything, uh, we will pass it on to the venues. Thank you very much, Gareth.